So by now, you're probably well aware that I'm fully on board with SFH supplements as an incredible addition to your retail sales strategy at your gym. However, you also know I'm practical as hell, and I don't want gym owners ordering and sitting on hundreds of dollars worth of inventory that won't move. That's another reason why I love when gym owners work with SFH, because SFH understands that you guys have a lengthy to-do list when it comes to running a profitable gym, and that managing inventory... And that's another reason why I love when gym owners work with SFH. They understand that you guys have a lengthy to-do list when it comes to running a profitable gym, and that managing inventory is definitely not on your priority list. That's why SFH recommends and supports gym owners with pre-order sales sheets and best practices for ensuring that what you order sells every single time. In fact, here's a freebie lesson on how to effectively pre-sell your SFH supplements. Step one, order a few single serving packs of their pure fuel or recover whey protein or even push their incredible pre-workout. Next, step two, mix up a few shaker bottles worth of their product and get those little two ounce serving cups and pour free samples for your members before and after their workout. It'll sound a little something like this. Hey Sally, what's up? You ready for today's workout? Ugh, I slept like crap last night and my boss was a nightmare today but I'm here, so we'll see how it goes. Don't worry, Sally, we got you covered. Try some Push. It's an awesome pre-workout supplement from SFH that will give you the push you need in today's workout, but without that caffeine crash and overstimulated feeling so you can still get to bed on time tonight. Guys do the same thing after the workout with their whey protein. And trust me, nobody turns down a free protein shake samples, especially with the delicious flavors that SFH has. Step three, at the front desk, have one of the official pre-sell sign-up sheets that SFH will gladly supply you. This allows members to buy in the moment when their interest is peaked and gives you permission to charge them for the product before you ever order it from SFH. You let them know you're placing their order today and that it'll be ready for them at the front desk as soon as it arrives. Now your clients are paying for you to fill up your inventory with products that are already sold. You'll never have cases of supplements sitting in your back office collecting dust again, and you're adding significant revenue to your average client value. So what are you waiting for? Let's expose your members to a premium supplement brand that you can feel confident endorsing while creating major upside to your business, but without the hassle and headache of managing inventory. So for right now, guys, SFH is offering all of my listeners 20% off their products. Just head over to sfh.com, fill up your cart, and use the promo code GYMTALK20, and you'll receive 20% off your entire order. Again, that promo code is GYMTALK20. Get over there, try their different products out, do that three-step system that I just explained to you where you can start giving your clients samplers of their products to find out what they want, get the pre-orders in, and in so facto, you're essentially selling to them without the risk of having to put up money first for the wholesale purchase. It's as simple as it can be, guys. Head on over to sfh.com and use that promo code GYMTALK20. Now let's get on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and this is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And I have Gabriel Sandoval of CrossFit MOB, Mind Over Body, out of Denver-ish, Colorado. 
to for for most people for their geographical reference. Uh, Gabriel and me were introduced through SFH. Um, I've been having a couple of gym owners on the podcast to talk about really kind of nailing down the retail game. And well, I need really good examples of that. And your name was at the top of that list. And so we got to connect. And my goal for today, uh, Gabriel, is to essentially, I want to get a better idea as to you, the, you know, CrossFit MOB, and then how retail, like how that role came into play for you. Because as you can relate in any other gym owner listening to this, when you first get started, the last thing you're really fucking thinking about of maximizing is your retail. There's enough fires to put out on a given basis that retail is not always the top of the priority list. So do me a quick uh, favor, Gabe. Give me like the 90 second in, you know, wrap up as that, you know, your ownership in the MOB and, and how you got into this role. Oh, yeah, for sure. Happy to. Thank you. So CrossFit MOB, we're located in the Denver-ish area. It's actually Thornton, Colorado. Um, it's like a suburb of Denver. Uh, we just had our 10-year anniversary this past September. Uh, the business was started by two people, one named Dave and Johanna. They started CrossFit MOB. Um, MOB stands for Mind Over Body. And I actually became a coach about three years after they opened. I started coaching at the gym. A year later, I became the gym manager. Uh, less than a year later, I became a partial owner. I was a 10% owner for about a year. And then about five years ago, I got the opportunity to buy the entire business and become the majority owner. So about five years ago, I am the majority owner. And I brought on a partner about three years ago um, named CJ. And so now it's just me and CJ that own the business. And in a nutshell, that's how I got to where I'm at right now. Cool. There's a lot more that goes into that, but I don't want to of take course. up too much time. Of course. Well, no, I, I, well out of curiosity, everyone uh, is always interested. Like, um, So you purchased this from your original owners. Why the exit? Were they relocating? Were they just, you know, they've done it long enough. They're ready to do go on to the next stage of life. What uh, what was, what, what did that it's always interesting. Whenever you see A&M's acquisition and mergers, it's always interesting to see how these happen at the very small business level. Like, how did that work for you guys? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a couple of things that you just said. So um, I think that they've been doing it a long time. There was probably a level of burnout that was happening. And also they were just ready to move on to the next stage of life. So um, the majority owner at the time she became a police officer and she's going through the academy and um, just finding that, you know, she has less and less time. So she was just really finding herself in the business less and less. Sure. And then um, that's when I was, she approached me and uh, I was a gym manager at the time, partial owner. And she sat me down one day and was like, Hey, uh, what do you feel about if um, I was to sell you the entire business? And I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, Holy crap. Um, I was like, I was not expecting you to ask this. Um, I was just like, I don't know. There's a lot I have to think about numbers. I, I, I had a full-time job at the time. Um, what, what and I, was like, um, I was working for Kaiser Permanente on the insurance yeah, side. Yeah, I was doing um, administrative stuff and claims. So claim work, um, very boring desk job, but it, it paid pretty well. So, you know, I wasn't uh, too upset with it, sure. but it wasn't my passion. I've never been a desk job type of guy. So I've always been active and I, that's why I was coaching CrossFit. I love it. Um, I just love the active part of it. And so she's like, you know, do you want to buy? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I have to, there's a lot of things I have to consider here. And then I just asked her, I was like, um, if I'm not able to, what are we going to do? And she goes, if I can't find anyone else, we're going to liquidate, which means close. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, I don't want that to happen. So well, I that, to my that's wife, good. Cause it makes it a, it makes it a buyer's market. They essentially are saying like, well, unless someone buys this, which who the fuck, I mean, again, very few people want to use Jim. You're on the yep. short list at current coaches, current staff. That's the short list for liquidate for selling a used gym. Um, 
Do you mind? Do you mind me asking? Like, how was it? Did they do seller financing? Did you buy it outright cash? What did that transaction look like? Yeah, so they actually did seller financing. I know her; she still comes to the gym, so we have oh, a cool. good relationship. Um, she's actually one of my favorite coaches that I had as a CrossFit coach. Uh, she was very good at what she did. Um, so we had a good relationship, and we worked out a deal. Like it was a seller finance, so we financed it over time to where I was just going to make a certain amount of payments per month until it was completely paid off. And uh, just recently. Uh, we got the gym liquid. So like everything is, yeah, everything's ours now. So I'm pretty yeah, happy man. about that. But yeah, we did finance it. It took uh, uh, five-ish years, but we got it paid off and now we're good to go. Hey man, congrats, dude. That's awesome. I mean, it's a, Oh man, it's it looks a, like we might've froze. Oh, uh, can you hear me? This is my connection or yours or. Can you hear me, brother? Gabriel, you there, homie? You there, brother? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't awesome. know why this is happening. Are you losing? Like, are you in the basement somewhere, or why? Where Wi-Fi is weak, or something? I am. Um, no, I'm in a, a regular, okay. a regular Wi-Fi place. So I'm not really sure what's happening. No worry. Well, if it happens again, what we could always do, we could always kick over to just an. I could just have you dial in, just like using your cell reception, just dial in and take out the whole video part of it. Anyway, we're just gonna use the audio on this anyway. But um, okay. We'll just we'll just pick back up. All right. So uh, that's awesome, and that's you know, and that's really cool. The nice seller financing, while it you know puts all the risk on the seller, because if you go out, if something happens and you go out of business or you bounce in halfway. Um, but no, dude, congrats. I, I, uh, I love seeing at least someone being able to pick up the football and run it into the end zone and, and, and do what they want to do with it. And so it sounds like that's what you've done now, you know, you already, the business was already started. So it's, you know, you didn't have to start it from scratch. Was there a lot of house cleaning items that you had to do once you took over? Or was it pretty much just, you know, maybe put your own flavor and style on it, but just keep it progressing in a good, in a certain direction. Yeah, there's a combination of both those things. There were some things already in place. Um, a lot of things that we do now, we weren't doing at the time. Um, just workflows, um, standard operating procedures that would make things easier, we didn't necessarily have at the time. So the transition was a little bit challenging just because we didn't have, like I said, those standard operating procedures in place at the time. So it was kind of just like me just jumping in head first. And I was like, uh, what needs to get done? And you know, I was more just flying by the edge of my seat that was like, oh, this is a deadline, or I got this letter from, you know, the IRS or something, I got to do this, just figuring that crap out. Um, so there was that learning curve, it was a little crazy. But once I got in there, and we started making some standard operating procedures, like things got much easier. But yeah, there was a huge learning curve in the beginning that like, I was like in over my head for a <laughs> minute there. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, a lot of people, I think the idea of running a gym sounds sexy. And then um, you actually get into it and you're like, okay, there's a lot that goes into this that maybe I didn't initially consider. Um, and it's just that learning curve of getting used to that, all that different, all those different things that go into owning that gym. Got it. So, okay. You get in there, you're, uh, you're turning the dials, you're, you're establishing systems and operational workflows that weren't there previously and, and you know, cleaning up shop inside a house. At what stage, like, what would the retail look like for the business prior? And then how have you established retail to, to be an element of what you guys do? Because again, retail for most gyms, and you're generally in one of two categories. You either do really well with retail or you got a few bags of product that sit on the shelves, don't really move. Uh, you do apparel every now and then, and you end up just 
the supplements and the the fit aids and the food end up getting eaten by you and staff. Or when you get a bunch of leftover inventory, you give it away to members for free for prizes or this, that, or anything. But it never becomes like an, a, a, a legit revenue stream within the business. How did you guys get to a point to establishing a strong retail game? Yeah, so um, with our products, we only had a couple when I, I took over. SFH was already a, a product that was in the gym. So the previous owners had it there, which is good because it was the product I previously took before coming to the gym. Um, it's one of the only products that I personally take and trust. So that part of it was easy. We already had that product in the gym, but getting more products to sell, um, I would say our biggest influencer on selling products is your leaders consuming those products and endorsing them. And like the leaders of your gym, as far as your owners, your coaches, your head coaches, whatever that is, your, your athletes, your, your, your high level athletes. If you have those people that are consuming it, it's like monkey see, monkey do. And like all these other people are gonna be like, what do you take? Because I want to be like you or I like the image of whatever it is you do. So like, I want to be like that. What are you taking? And they want to do whatever you're doing. So that's what I find is the biggest influencer for products. It's like, you know, I want I want myself to take them. I want my coaches to take them and endorse them. Um, so that's the biggest seller motivator for people in our gym buying products. It's like, you know, are, the, are you guys taking these products that you're trying to sell me? And that's one of my big things. It's like, hey, if you're selling a product, you should consume it. And if you're not consuming that product, whether it's fitness or protein or whatever, then why are you trying to sell it to someone? And so I'm a big advocate of that. It's like, we only sell products that I advocate for and that I think work. And I make sure that our community sees me and my coaches taking this product. And that's what the biggest influencer of selling these products has been. Is like, they see us taking them. They're like, I want that. Whatever you're taking, I want that. I can't tell you how many times people or members have come up to me and be like, what do you take? Like, what's your pre-workout? Like, what's your post-workout? Like, you know, like, that, how are you doing this stuff? Like, you got to tell me all these secrets to supplementation. I'm like, it's not really a secret. It's just consistency. And here's some good ones I recommend. And I give them like two or three. So would you say like influence the members by their authentic association with the product, their actual authentic consumption with it? Are you talking about just like in person? So like if they see you working out in class or, you know, whatever it is, and you have a shaker bottle of SFH in it, or they're, you know, asking you, what, hey, what do you take before? Do you do coffee? Do you what pre-workout? Or are you also talk about like your coaches using like their social media and the gym's social media to talk about the products as well? Yeah, it's a combination of both of those. So we will do like in person, just just taking them on the regular basis, people seeing that, um, you know, people asking what's in your shaker bottle, stuff like that. But then we've also done social media campaigns. We do them every couple months where we'll be like, hey, here's a product we're endorsing or, you know, wh why should you take this product? Why should you take protein? Why should you take creatine? Uh, so we'll have those as well. Um, I will admit we don't utilize that as much as we should as far as, you know, social media is free marketing. So that could be a revenue stream that we're missing out on as far as product sales go is doing that a little bit more on social media. But also in class, I'd say once every three-ish months, we do a product of the week for like a month straight where it's like, hey, guys, this Lost you again, Gabe. All right, you back? All right, good. Yeah, we're we're having actually a massive snowstorm right now, so I don't know if that has Got to it. do with it. possibly. Just uh, pick back up. Don't worry, my team's gonna edit all this anyway. Just uh, pick back up where you're talking about the the product of the week. 
Yeah, so we would uh, announce in class, like once every three months, we'll do a product of the week for about a month straight. Um, just every class talking about this product, like, hey guys, you know, here's this protein product. Here's why protein's important, protein consumption. Um, here's why we endorse this product. Here's how much it is. So, you know, just making sure that our, our definitely our members, but our following is aware of the supplementation or the the product that we're trying to sell or that we offer and also just keeping them aware that we do offer these products you know not just protein we have other things so just to keep our community aware hey guys we sell thumb tape and we sell other things because you know half the time if it's not directly in front of their face they're not going to be aware that it's something that they have the option to buy yeah crossfit it's not just crossfit any any hobby gets into gear you get into photography you start with fucking one camera and a lens, you have 30 lenses by within the year, right? You get into rock climbing, you've got different bags and different shoes that you get in the CrossFit. You got fucking shoes now and wrist wraps and fucking thumb tape and supplements. Like every hobby has accessories. CrossFit's pretty heavy on the accessories. I mean, I've, you know, in owning a gym for a decade, you see people coming in and next thing you know, they've got the shoes and the wrist straps and this and that. And now, and, and those things aren't making you any money. You're generally not selling most of the things, maybe the thumb tape. Right. But like most gyms, maybe they're selling hand grips, like victory hand grips or something like that. But, but throwing the supplementation on it, have you found like strategies? Like, are you doing sample days? Like you purchasing like an extra tub of something or an extra bag of protein and pouring samples for people so they could try it ahead of time. How, besides people seeing you doing it, people seeing some social media posts on it, have you brought it out and actually done taste testing and things like that with the members to get them to experience the product. Like, oh shit, this tastes great. Yeah. So yeah, we will do samples when we get, especially new products. If there's a new flavor or something like that, we're going to offer samples of that. Um, we do that with drinks. I, I do that with like our drinks, as far as like fit aid and NoCo. I give everyone their first one for free. Cause I'm like, it's like crack guys. If we give you one, you're going to be back for more. So we also do that with our protein. Um, we'll do, um, we'll do samples like every six months, but if it's a new product, we will definitely be like, Hey guys, we got the same product. Here's some samples for you guys. Um, sample packs. I also love getting in touch with our vendors uh, or who offers the product and having them come in and do a sampling. So like uh, SFH is going to come in soon. We actually just talked to them and they're going to do like a sample table. Um, I have NOCO coming in doing a sample table. Um, I, I do it with other products like chiropractic services and stuff as well. But just getting those samples is also very important just to see, you know, if the person likes it, they're going to continue to buy it. And that's, I feel that way about a lot of the products that we offer is like, we offer a free trial to gyms. Like if you like it, you're going to continue to do it. So it's kind of like that hook, line and sinker where we're going to give you one for free or get you a free sample or whatever it is. You realize that you really like it and you're like, hey, I need this in my life. And then you start buying more of it. So that is something we do on a regular basis is making sure we're getting samples to people or at least some type of free trial of whatever it is. You guys um, have any financial goals with retail? So for generally when I'm working with the gym, the first tier is I'd like to see your membership spending 10% of their monthly EFT in additional retail. So if it's $150 a month, I want on average throughout the year, $15 a month spent. Now that could be two months of not spending anything. And then one month of spending 80 bucks on hoodies and beanies for the, the winter apparel drop you, you made. And then one month of spending nothing and then $60 of protein, right? Or whatever it may be. Do you guys have financial goals with your retail? Not specifically retail focused, which is something that we could do, but we do have goals as far as non-membership products to increase average client value. So our AVC, our ACV, um, our goal is that our average client value is increased by $20 per client that is non-membership sales every month. 
So our goal is if you're paying $150 a month, our membership's more than that, but whatever. Um, if you're paying $150 a month, our goal is that we have you spending at least an extra $20 in the gym every month on other products that just aren't the, the CrossFit membership. So that's our, our goal as far as that. It's not specifically, I would say, merchandise related because we do have other products. We sell in-body scans. We have nutrition stuff. Um, but it, it is that is one goal or metric that we're looking for to increase average client value. Um, as far as just merchandise or products, not a specific number. That's just kind of bulked into there. What do you guys... Um... How do you handle orders? So a lot of gyms don't want to have to carry a lot of inventory and, and rightfully so, right? Gym owners, most of them, by all stretches, by all practical definitions, we're not, they're not even probably suited to even be like actual gym owners, but here we are, they're incredible coaches or whatever, and they own a business and just like, all right, I got to figure out this business thing. But then ask him to figure out retail. Like retail is a science. It's a if you ever talk to like high level, like apparel retail people, people that set up Lululemons or any kind of like retail shops, selling retail is such a science and it's difficult. Where do you position it? How do you position it? How often do you move product? How do you know? How do you present it to the customer? Do you make it a subscription? Like, how have you thought about taking? orders in a way that don't require you to sit on a bunch of inventory and look at that like, fuck, there's $800 of SFH sent over there that I got to move. And we sold the first, the initial batch to the early adopters, but now I'm trying to move the rest of this. Do you guys do pre-orders? Um, do you stick with smaller ordering sizes, which obviously impact your margins because the your wholesale costs go down as you order in higher bulk? How do you guys think about that? Yeah, we're more on the side of like, I like to try to save money on getting a lot of the products. And most companies will offer you some type of benefit or discount for ordering more at a time. So with most products, we take advantage of that, especially our protein. So we order in bulk. Um, SFH used to have a minimum where um, to get free shipping, you had to spend, I think it was like 1500 bucks or something. So like, we would always be like, yeah, let's get the free shipping. And so we order in bulk and we'll sit on a little product, but not for long. I'm ordering SFH like every other month or so. So we only sit on it for at the most like 90 days in order. But the way I look at it is like, well, I, I know it's hard to like spend that money up front, but you're going to be spending that money regardless if you're going to need to order this product. So it's either you're going to save three, $400 up front, or I'm only going to pay one or order a little bit at a time. And I'm going to end up spending that extra three or 400 bucks. So the way I look at it is like, I'm going to need the product regardless. I'm going to save that whatever amount of money it is sure. to order it in bulk. And it's yeah. a less of a headache for me. I don't have to remember all the time because what I found with other products is when you're ordering and keeping low inventory is half the time you don't realize you need to order until it's like gone. And then it's like, oh, great. Now I have a week or so without this product that I'm losing potential sales because my members are wanting the product and I don't have it. So now they're yeah. either going to wait or they're probably going to go buy it somewhere else because nowadays with Amazon and stuff, they could have it on their doorstep the next day. So it's like, you know, they're not going to wait for me to get it. Sure. And that's and that's with the fine line. I I'll have a lot of gym owners not want to do the inventory. Mike, like, you live. Here's listen. The other solution is you take a pre-order, you charge them the day of the pre-order. You got to have a good relationship with the vendor and be like, hey, I'm doing pre-orders. They've got to be in by Wednesday at this time. So if I get you the if I pay for it Wednesday night and you have the order, can you ship on Thursday? Have it to me by Monday at the latest type scenario and and keep that turnaround time a little bit slower. Um, but you're right. We, You've got to keep up with e-com. And if, you know, so let's say someone could buy SFH on Amazon at a set price. You, the only way for you to compete, you can't go lower because you don't want to go any lower than Amazon's going because they're going basement low on most things because they can sell in volume. 
you have instant gratification though. They literally can have it now. They can pull it off the shelf and have it right this second. And that's the benefit if you keep the inventory in stock. Um, one thing I've, I find a lot of gyms that do really well with retail, um, and again, this goes into the science of retail sales, they actually track the inventory, like 36 chocolates, 27 strawberries. And some gyms are just like, ah, oh, it just sits on the shelf. I'm like, do you even fucking know if so, if one of those went missing off your shelf, either by accident or do direct theft? Uh, do you guys track it? You say you were nodding your head. Do you guys track SKUs yeah. and inventory? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We track inventory. That's something I've been aware of uh, since I started is like almost no matter what, when you're selling a, a product, you're probably going to have product loss. And so the goal as a business owner or somebody in charge of that is to minimize that as much as possible. So we've always tracked inventory. We do have minimal product loss. Um, we, we found ways over the years to really minimize it to where it's not very much. But yeah, like if you don't track inventory, you're just doing yourself a disservice because it's like, you know, you don't know if you have 20 bags of protein and four of them went missing. Like, how are you going to know unless you have that product, that that, that inventory tracking? And then sure. you realize, well, holy crap, I just missed out on over 100, 100-ish, $150 of profit because I lost four bags of protein. Like, it's like, that's ridiculous. You. If you're out there and you don't track your inventory, please, for the love of God, you're going to stress me out. Track your inventory. <laughs> Holy crap. It's not yeah. that hard. And like yeah. I have it set up where um, if my inventory is off, my system, you can still sell a product if the inventory is off. So let's say somehow the inventory got off and it, um, it says there's zero. You can still sell one if there's one on the shelf. And that just means we had an inventory issue, which will reconcile at the end of the month. But at least you have an idea of your how much you're you're selling if you're losing any and then it'll help you think of ways to better protect that product to not lose it yeah have you guys gotten into the subscription model so looking at like hey sally you buy a tub of protein every four weeks literally to like clockwork i'm going to get this just kind of set up put it on auto pay with you so you're automatically drafted every month and i always know to have one here for you, you just grab it when you go into the gym yeah, so we've been on subscriptions. We are with our drinks. Um, I was on SFH. Uh, lately, they've been having a production um, issue with getting, I don't know exactly what it is, flavors or protein style. Um, so our, that's kind of been on hold. But typically, yeah, we would be on like a subscription or just a regular order where we're getting like every three months, we're getting the same amount of stuff. Um, if I need to change stuff, we'll just send a quick email that's like, hey, with this next order, we need to change this or that. But for the most part, it's that subscription. Like it if you're selling a product pretty consistently, that's the way to go because it just makes it less of a headache for you. And you're not yeah. going to worry about running out of the product. And most companies, if you're on a subscription, if let, let's say, you know, three orders go by and you end up stocking this inventory, you can usually be like, Hey, we're going to hold off for the next order or two until we can get rid of some of this product. Yeah. And I, here's the thing is I've, uh, in all my years carrying, I mean, I carried Kodiak cakes. Uh, I mean, I carried everything. I, uh, we did Alibaba and we got the, literally the exact replica RX jump ropes for $9 a jump rope. And I would nice. sell them at 47 bucks a piece. Like I, we, I never installed a water fountain in my first location because bottled water sales were fucking fire. They're just oh, like, yeah. you want to talk the best return ever. Anyway, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. You know, three bucks for 24 of them and then you're selling them at a dollar <laughs> a piece. It was incredible. Um, yeah. so when I think of picking vendors, there's products that just like, like you originally, you liked SFH. Now, you and me and anyone else who takes a supplement, we're taking it based on like, there's something about the brand that we trust because we don't actually know what the fuck's in here. This could literally just be 
pow- like some flavored powder we don't actually know, right? Versus like I buy a steak, I can look at the steak, is it brown? Is it clean? I know if it's a good quality cut of meat, right? Does the shirt have holes in it? I can look at the product and know. Supplements, we are going on complete spec, complete spec. But I have found even like companies like SFH where they had, you know, maybe they've had some supply chain issues like every other supplement company I've dealt with or vendor out there. It's the customer service that makes the difference. Like the ability, and I've, uh, all the gyms that I've worked with that use SFH, they're able to call up literally like, you know, uh, let's say it's 7 p.m. Eastern. uh, So Mountain Standard, it's, you know, whatever, just about 5 p.m. closing hours kind of scenario. And they're able to get a hold of somebody. They're able to get a hold of someone and, hey, I need to adjust this order or whatever, and they've been great about it. How how far does customer service go for you? Like, at what point for you is it like, honestly, I don't fucking know if this product's better than Driven Nutrition, but the cost, they take good care of me as a customer. How do you weigh that as from a, in a B2B sales world? How do you weigh product quality versus customer service? Would you take a high quality product with dog shit customer service and vice versa? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I grew up in the service industry, doing all that through college, waiting tables, bartending. I think customer service is high tier. And to me, it has a very high value that if your product is mediocre, but you have amazing customer service, I'm going to choose that product over one that maybe has a higher product or a more um, it's a better product. But the customer service blows like customer service to me is so important. That's just like you said, you know, like I can get a hold of you. You can help me resolve my issues. You can help me answer any questions. Like that is more important to me than if you're like, yeah, like, you know, those bigger companies, we know we have a good product. So like, you know, we're just going to not really care about our customer service. Um, I've done this with multiple companies where if their customer service sucks, I'll never order from them again. And it's like, well, you lost me as a, a, a consumer or my gym or whatever it is. Like I've done this. I love snowboarding. I did this specifically with the snowboard boot company that I used to love. And they screwed me over uh, 32. Okay. I don't I, I'm throwing you guys, I'm blasting you 32 F you guys. Um, yeah, years ago when I was young. What did, I how'd, they, how'd they do you dirty? What happened? I bought a new pair of ultralight 32s. Um, there are these boots and it's the first year they came out. And literally the second time I wore them, the shoelace strap just broke off. Oh, like it just snapped, just popped yeah, right just up? snapped off. I emailed them, nothing, didn't get a response. Emailed them four times. And finally the last email, I was like, look, I haven't gotten a response. This is a brand new product. This is obviously a manufacturer default. You guys aren't even responding to me. So I'll never buy your product again. Never got a response. But it was like an then, aluminum, like aluminum cat, like uh, clasp over top, right? Or was it like a plastic? Uh, it was no, it's just one of the straps that the shoelace goes through. Like so it's it. a shoelace system and the strap goes through there and it just broke off. So it'd be okay, like one of your okay. shoelace straps just breaking off at the second time you ever wore it. And you're just like, dude, this, and they were expensive at the time, like $400 boots. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, I'm never buying this product again. And I haven't till this day. And I buy other, and I see 32 boots. I like the way they look. And I'm like, nope. Like I had that one bad experience and I'm never buying that product again. And so to me, that goes a long way, that customer service. Because I've had the opposite with other companies SFH is one of them have amazing customer service that it's like, they're with you right away. I have this hat company. Um, these hats are fairly new. They're waterproof stuff. I had one that got a hole in it and it got a smell in it. And I just emailed oh. them. I was like, Hey, it's got a hole. And like, Bro. I washed it like four times. It has a melon? smell. And they sent me a new one. And I, melon yeah, is the that's best. The one. That's I, the company. Yes. Melon's fucking incredible. Um, their hats are by, by and large, the absolute best quality. And you're right. Yeah. Customer service that I've absolutely experienced. It goes a yeah, long like way. It was amazing. All the, all, yeah. All they asked for was a picture of the hat and they sent me yeah. a brand new one. So yeah. it's like, it was amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I, 
I've got way more melon hats than I should. And like, you know, I, I wear them for these long runs and Same. stuff. And after, and after a while, man, after like a long run, you know, for a year, it starts breaking down. I don't care what quality it is. It's going to start breaking down. And a year later, I just send them a picture of it. And they're like, oh, no, dude, we'll send you another one. Blah, blah, blah. Like super, super cool. Great customer service. And you're right. That goes for that goes forever. And I always try to rethink about that, like with the business, like when I owned a jet, like always constantly like the customer's not always right. That's a thousand percent true. But the customer's experience is always paramount. It's always vital. And you can not give the customer what they want and they still have a good experience. You still do it. There's a crafty way to do it. Um, I always think of like my favorite thing is to mimic the hospitality industry, like the Ritz Carlton. If you ever like just Google and just study their level and quality of service and just little things like you can't go to a Ritz Carlton employee and say, Hey, where's the pool? And they go, Oh, seventh floor, not allowed. They Oh, let me take you. And they walk you to the elevator and you go in the elevator and they ask about your stay and why are you visiting this town and blah, 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 blah. And they have a five ten rule within 10 feet. You have to acknowledge um, a guest and just smile within five feet. You have to come shake hands and introduce yourself. Like just small little hospitality plays like that are so cool. And I think the fitness industry, everyone's like, I want my gym to be special. I want a great client experience. I'm like, go fucking stay at the Four Seasons or go do a staycation at a Ritz-Carlton. Just treat yourself. Go and stay for three days. I promise you, you will have a fucking, a great experience, like an MBA in client experience at a really high-end, nice hotel because they, like those brands do it the best. One last question I'll ask here regarding the retail. Now, you're the owner. You obviously have the most skin in the game, and you definitely obviously understand how to run the retail department efficiently. However, I'm assuming you've got kind of a front desk scenario, retail somewhere in and around the front desk, and other coaches or front desk staff are going to have to be the the procurers and the sellers of the product. And um, do you, how do you get the staff involved? Like, you know, I always tell people a front, a good front desk girl is a minimum wage employee, but if she can smile or he, and can be personable, you can sell the fuck out of some fit aids or pre-workout every day in class when people are coming in. Like, how do you get staff involved with retail sales? Yeah, exactly what you said. We have a front desk person um, yeah. and they are people that are either like members at the gym or right now I have two of them. They're two girls, one. Her name's Haley. She's very great. The other one's my niece. She's 19. She just started doing it. And man, I find it so valuable to have them because just like you said, just to have someone up there smiling and ready to sell that product when, when that person wants it. Yeah. We see product sales. We see product sales go up to where, and also I teach them membership. So, you know, the hardest thing as a coach, if anyone out there is a CrossFit coach, you've experienced this. Um, and if you haven't, then you have a very good gym. Um, it's when you're trying to coach class and somebody new walks in or something and they, they're trying to get information. There's nobody at the front and you're like, oh, holy crap, guys. You're like, hold on. You got you to pause class. You got to walk up there and either give them some quick information or tell them to hold on or tell them to come back or whatever it is. It's just, it's a huge headache, much less if somebody from the previous class is like, hey, I want to buy some product and you're like trying to coach you know, it becomes this hard thing where it's like, oh, I'll just try to remember or write me a note. And before you know it, you've lost product because you forgot to ring it up or whatever ended up happening. So having that front desk person is amazing. Um, it's so helpful if any gym can afford it. Um, I will tell you, it's not as expensive as you think. It ends up paying itself off in the product you sell and the time it saves you, the headache it saves you. Um, so that is number one. Like if you can get that front desk person, holy crap, I love them. They help us with product sales, with talking to people, membership sales. They clean up the gym when they have downtime. It's just, God, it makes my life so easy. I, I wish I had them from day one. However, if you don't have that, or let's say we do have classes where there's not the front desk person, 
And so when they're not there, we make sure all of our coaches are educated on how to sell product in our system and that they know how to do that. That's part of our, our coaching procedures and the way we train our coaches. It's like, hey, I need you to understand how to sell these products, um, how it's going to go through the POS system, how to track them, how to inventory them all that stuff. So this is something we make sure they know how to do so they're comfortable selling the product and they're efficient at selling the product so they can get it done in a timely fashion. Um, so those are like the main things that we do is like, man, invest in that front desk person if you can. I'm telling you, I know it seems like you couldn't afford it, but it's 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 amazing. And then educate your coaches on not only the product themselves, but how to sell them and also um, the inventory of them and how to get that sale done quickly. And then I also educate our coaches on the importance of sales. It's like, hey, guys, like I need you to remember to immediately ring this stuff up. Don't just like I, I've made mistakes in the past where I've been that guy that's like a member's like, hey, I'm taking these two fit aids. I'm like, oh, I got you, Josh. And then like before you know it, like a week later, I'm like, you didn't get I Josh. <laughs> I think I forgot to charge Josh for his damn fit aids. So yeah, I yeah. tell them like, don't don't be like me. You guys do it right away. And like we've we have our POS system um, on our iPad and we have a, a little uh, rolling podium that they have up there or whatever it is. And literally it's right next to you while you're coaching. So they can be over there buying something. You could just get it POS. It'll take you 30 seconds. Boom, 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 ring it up. Good. All right, cool. You're good. Thank you. See you later. I love that. Uh, and for everyone on that front desk thing, I, I could not concur what Gabriel saying more than when uh, we moved into my, my most recent facility, I put in like a 2000 square foot coffee shop that was open from 5 a.m. to about 5 p.m. So I yeah. had to have front desk there all day. It's not like I could just leave, like, because people were inside the, my building all day. Well, staffing front desk, even at minimum wage, all day got expensive. Every member, every prospect that came in that was a great fit, like did our free week trial, but couldn't afford us. They're generally bartenders or like people, generally students, things like that. We were higher priced, but they were cool people. They looked the part like, like hey, energy exchange. I ran like probably an eight to 12 man energy exchange staff for the front desk. It was uh, four, three hour shifts per month. So each week, a three hour shift and it worked great. High churn, high churn gig, but it's something that you could teach anybody to do. It's not like it's rocket science, right? Type scenario. Um, but you're, you're a thousand percent correct. Really good front desk staff, whether you're paying them, whether you can come up with some kind of barter or energy exchange uh, is absolutely monumental. Gay man, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and share all this. If anyone's listening to this and they're trying to get their retail sales up, or you said anything that really was kind of like, fuck, that was smart. I'd like to jam with the guy some more. How can someone reach out to you and ask you some questions? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to chat. Um, also, I know, I don't know all the answers. So if someone's out there and you're like something I said, you're like, Hey, I have a suggestion for this guy, please reach out to me. <laughs> um, you guys can, please, uh, you can email me Gabriel at CrossFit hyphen mob.com. Um, I also have social media platforms, TikTok, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's just at the Gabriel show. So C-H-E-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-S-H-O-W. So you guys can hit me up there. That's how to find me personally. If you were interested in finding my establishment or my gym, it's um, at CrossFit Mob. That's going to be our Instagram and our Facebook. And then if you want to find us on TikTok, that is Mind Over Body Fit, at Mind Over Body Fit. Um, I'd love to hear from anyone either if you have questions, I'd love to answer them. Suggestions. Hey, I love suggestions. I know I don't have all the answers, so I'd love that. So yeah, I'd love to hear from the community or just love for you guys to give us a follow. That would be sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Gabe, brother, thank you so much. Next time I'm in the, uh, the Denver Thor Thornton area, I will, uh, I will hit you guys up. Please do stop in and see us. We probably have the biggest facility in Denver right now or one of them. So come nope. check it out. We got 13,000 square feet. We're ready for you. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, brother. Thank you.